is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The takes that come after the draft, and the one that has been circulating my timeline a lot has been the speculation of, have the Philadelphia Eagles passed the Dallas Cowboys as far as the hierarchy in the NFC East is concerned? And it got me thinking a little bit, and I still don't want to say yes because we live in a quarterback league. Or we play in a quarterback league. And I think Jalen Hurts has potential. And he certainly might have better weapons now around him. But I still think Dak's the better quarterback there. And so when I'm looking at uh, teams on paper and I'm trying to speculate how they'll shake out in the division, I still look at that position first. And I look at number four and I say, proven guy, Mm -hmm. won this division a few times already. He's gotten a playoff win under his belt already, and he he is firmly in the top 10 in my mind as far as quarterbacks are concerned. And then I look at Jalen Hurts, and I think a lot of potential there. Hasn't done it yet, and someone that needs to prove it, and now all of a sudden has a ton of weapons around him. That, and he's been in the league for half the time that Dak has been here. Of course, so you have to be fair as far as that's concerned, but at the same time, I just still feel like whatever Hurts' ceiling is, I would hesitate to say it would be past Dak Prescott's ceiling. I think Dak is going to be, when it's all said and done, fast forward the 20 years from now, he'll be, have been the better quarterback in the NFL. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the team a better overall team. No question. is better. I mean, Deshaun Watson led the, the league in passing yards three years ago, and the Texans were like four and two. Right. It doesn't always translate to that. But looking around the team, yeah, Dallas has aging guys like Zeke, CeeDee Lamb is obviously a young star. Their defense has Micah Parsons, which is... Reigning defensive rookie He's going to win a Depoy one year, I think. Yeah, probably. I I think that that's fair, if not only just because he has a star on the side of his helmet. That, too, but it could be T.J. Watt had to wait around for Aaron Donald to win all three of his. Does Micah Parsons thing wait around for T.J. to get his couple <laughs> and then Micah can get his like I'll let you know when you're up rookie yeah like, right yeah I think that that could possibly happen but I do think he's defensive player caliber uh, of a player uh, obviously you have Diggs in the secondary who is maybe a little more overrated than people think but hey you get that many interceptions you get that many interceptions you're going to have your name out there in headlines um you look at the guys like uh what's the linebacker's name is it at late vander esch i, I right. mean it's a guy that they picked a couple years ago that's starting to come into his own replaced sean lee on that defensive would have loved linebacker. the sealers to get late vander esch, yep that was way. a that was a pick that we were i think that was happen. the terrell Evans year by the way but he went in front of the steelers so unfortunately that was not to be sean lee by the way another great defensive player for the dallas cowboys for st Clair guy old though now so not yeah. gonna yeah, contribute yeah, 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 much yeah. but no out of they the league, have retired really good defensive players in Dallas. And I think that's where the Eagles need to catch up the most is, and that's weird to say because Dallas's offense led the league in offense last year, but they have made such great strides in Philadelphia as far as really filling out that offense with weapons. Smith and Brown are well, two good ever receivers. since the Jalen Rager pick. debacle, but your line is still really good. Jason yeah. Kelsey is still an all-pro center. Miles Sanders, by the way, is still like a really good running back. That's exactly what I was going to go super next. super young. Like they have a solid running back as well in Miles At Sanders. At a good age, too. So, like, their offense, even though they're chasing the number one offense yardage-wise in the NFL last year in Dallas, I think is a lot closer than maybe Philly's defense is to Dallas's defense. So, can you 
kind of closed the gap there, well, they took Jordan Davis in the first mm-hmm. round of the draft. So they've got him and Hargrave now at the front of their defensive line. Those are two pretty good players to have on your defensive line. Am I, am I wrong? I mean, good luck trying to run the ball against the Eagles now with Javon and Jordan Davis out there. It's gonna be but tough. other than that, you know, I, I just don't know if that defense is ready to take that next leap. I think people are gravitating towards what happened to the offense. A.J. Brown gets traded there. Wow, they've got weapons now. They look like they're ready to compete with Dallas. And they're kind of ignoring the other side of the ball. And I think where the Eagles might struggle this year, if that offense does click, is maybe their defense is giving up a couple more points than they should. Maybe they are yielding uh, a first down on a key third down that they need to get off the field on. So if I had to choose still, I'd lean towards Dallas. Quarterback and defense, I think, are my two main reasons why. But I think it's clear now that the second best team in that East is the Eagles and that there's a gap between Cowboys and Eagles and Commanders and then an even bigger gap sure. between all those three teams and the Giants. I think the the, re, the main reason, in addition to the draft the Eagles just had and the acquisition of A.J. Brown, of course, the main reason why people are, are saying could the Eagles surpass the Cowboys is it's because it's the NFC East. For I don't know how many years we're running on it now, Tom, we're, I think we're approaching 20 that we have yet to have a back-to-back division winner or a repeat division winner out of the NFC East. It's just you're so inclined to believe that the Cowboys are not going to be the the team, right? Obviously, they didn't win it when Dak went down two years ago, but then when he came back, they won it. And so you could say if Dak is healthy, they have the best chance. But I think just because Philly had a good offseason so far, people are saying, well— it's the NFC East. I mean, all one team has to do is have some luck, and they're going to surpass the, the the last year's division winner. I think that could be a reason why you're seeing it out of the NFC East a lot more than you are of any other division saying this team could be the new division winner in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are all very valid points. Who do you have faith in more moving forward? Because Dak is still in his prime. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's got how, just a couple more years. forward? Like, the next five years. Who do you think is going to be better? It's tough. Because, obviously, Dallas is led on both sides of the ball by Dak and by Micah. I can't point out a leader for you, to you, on either side of the football for the Eagles. I mean, yeah, you could say it's Jalen Hurts, but you still really don't know. And like you said on defense, it could be Jordan Davis – but he's a rookie, and we don't know if he's going to be Micah Parsons or just a guy. Just a guy. Yeah, we don't know if he's going to be. Like now, I mean, we didn't know Micah Parsons was going to be that Micah good. Micah Parsons when he got picked last year. But you knew we he kinda was. We kind of did now. I think back in our old standard episode, I thought he would be rookie of the year, but I didn't think he'd be that good. No, Defensive player not, of the year caliber. Right, getting that, that recognition. But it's very possible Jordan Davis takes that leap that, that Micah Parsons did and, and could win Defensive Rookie of the Year this year. But we don't know. So I, I'm inclined to say the Cowboys just because I can point to people on offense and on defense for the Cowboys and say they're they're good because they have this guy here and that guy there. I don't know who those guys would be for, for Philadelphia. If you look around the other divisions in the NFL, I don't know if any team really made as big of a, a move in the draft that has people talking about closing gaps on first-place teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys. 
But there are certainly some other teams that made some good strides as far as trying to push themselves up in their division standings. The first one that comes to mind is Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore, everybody seems to think that they have had the cream of the crop when it comes to this year's draft class. I mean, I, I, forgive me, I, I was kind of traveling on on, sat, on um, Saturday. So Saturday I, afternoon. I don't know if this is still true, but did they end up picking all – they had like six picks in the fourth round or something like that? I think like they had that? five. Did they, they ended up using all of those? I mean, I don't know if they did because I think they used one of them to trade back up into the – the, the first third. round but to like, get Linderbaum, right? I just they had so many picks, and the fact that their first two were Hamilton and Linderbaum with their two first round picks were slam dunks in a lot of people's mind, including my own. But I, I have a hard time kind of drawing the same argument with Ravens Bengals as I do with Eagles Cowboys because we kind of were thinking that the Ravens were going to catch the Bengals anyway this year before the draft class happened. So as far as being close drafting, mm-hmm. they might have been in front anyway. And now the gap might be even wider between the Ravens and the Bengals. Now, that's a lot of faith to put into some rookies, mainly Hamilton and Linderbaum. But, like, there was a lot of things happening for that team before those two additions. And now I think they've just shored themselves up in two really important positions. So I I think that, in a weird way, the Ravens were already ahead of the Bengals in my mind. And now the gap may be a little bit wider between the Ravens and the Bengals. So a couple of thoughts on the Ravens. First off, they did take all six of their fourth-round picks. That's insane. To have that many picks in the fourth round is just phenomenal. When there's all there's only that's like a full 40, draft class. That's a only, full draft yeah, class. Right, six guys. Right. Like there's only forty picks in that round. It's not like there's like sixty. I mean, still if there were sixty, thirty two, and then you get eight compensatories. It's like it's crazy. Anyway, so there's that point. Yes, they did have that many picks in one round. We talk very highly. We have talked very in the short amount of time since the draft has concluded about the Steelers' first four round draft picks between Pickett, Pickens. Um, Austin, uh, Jacks, uh, sorry, Austin, um, Calvin Austin, Calvin Austin. I was going, you were doing Tavon you, Austin, you, Austin, you, Austin, no, Collie. you were getting the Austin Collie thing in my head. Uh, and then, uh, DeMarvin Leal, right? It's very arguable that you could say the Ravens first four round draft picks between Kyle Hamilton and Linderbaum in the first, David Ojobu in the second, and then Travis Jones in the third are better of of a collective four than the Steelers' four are. I think you could make that argument, and you wouldn't be shouted down for sure. The one thing, though, I will say about Baltimore, and Dale Lally pointed this out to me, is as great as they did in those first four picks, people, people don't forget. I shouldn't say people forget. It seems that the Baltimore Ravens forgot that they traded away Marquise Brown. In the first round, or in order to get Tyler Linderbaum, so not a bad trade. But you lost your number one wide receiver option, and then they failed to take a single receiver in the entire draft. So, yeah, you hit home runs on possibly four out of four in your first four picks, but your next seven, I mean, you opted to take a punter (laughs) rather than go for a receiver. And then another thing that Dale Lawley pointed out was Daniel Falile the offensive lineman, who was the biggest guy in the draft, better suited to be like a defensive lineman just because how can you... Of his big nature. Right. It, it, it doesn't seem like he's going Easier to Easier for be... him to move north-south than have to go pulling right, east and right. west. And... So Dale wasn't too hot on the Ravens' later rounds, especially the fact that they neglected to take a wide receiver. However... That is wild. Like, 
they are desperate for that position. They traded the guy who didn't want to be we there said, away in Brown. We said in an episode earlier this week about talking about Odell Beckham. Why aren't teams like the Patriots or, or the, the Packers or the Ravens going after this guy? It, I may have just spoiled everything for, for Steelers fans, and because the Ravens didn't draft a receiver, they may have been eyeing Odell Beckham, and now they've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the market to continue to go down on him to get him at a more affordable price. Who knows if that's going to happen, though. He will decide if the market goes down right. or not. I think he has no uh, hesitation to sit out but also or a preseason if it means I get more money. Odell, I'm sure, would love to play with someone like Lamar Jackson. Who wouldn't? I mean, right. but he would also probably would love to play with someone like Aaron Rodgers, too. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, of course. And maybe more so than a Lamar Jackson. But still, I, I think Odell's just waiting in the weeds, waiting for the right opportunity with the right money to open up. And I think those three teams, like, if we just did a segment called Wild Speculation, I think those three teams would be my front runners: Packers, Ravens, Patriots, just because of fit, right? Like, those are the, the biggest fits for Odell. Odell right now. I mean, I guess you could go back to the Rams, and that'd be a pretty good fit, too. But, like... Another one, too, that I keep thinking of? Teams that need receivers. Another one that I keep thinking of that has already two, but took a third recently. You know where I'm going with this? Buccaneers. The Bucs, just because AB's gone, so now you replace AB with OBJ. I could see maybe the Buccaneers they didn't doing need that Antonio because Brown. they do all that kind of stuff. They never Tampa. needed Antonio Brown. They do Mike that Evans and, kind of and Chris Godwin are a great one-two punch. I'll throw another one out there for you, and I think this is something that this team should seriously explore. Me, but I don't think they're going. Let to. Let me think about it. He, is, is there? Give me like a circumstance of which I could possibly guess it. He wouldn't be the number one. Okay, well that's he would be a great number two, and it's a team that has Super Bowl aspirations this year. And they play up north, and it snows a lot, and their helmets are Buffalo. white. Yeah, because Diggs needs somebody else, yeah. right? Well, does he? I think he does. Gabe Davis had four uh, touchdowns. That's a number three. Game. That's a number three, though. If they get like that's a spot well, where I think if that, I were the Bills, I'd be desperate for someone yeah. like that because you got to get out as much help as you can. You saw the formula last year with the Rams. They have Cup. They have Odell. They have two stud wide receivers. Look at how far it got them. They won the Super Bowl. All we have is Diggs, and Diggs can get kind of you know cut out from games. Sure, Gabe Davis stepped up in that playoff game last year. How often is a Gabe Davis going to step up? I have more faith in an Odell stepping up as the second fiddle more than a Gabe Davis. So if you're the Bills and I think they're my Super Bowl favorite regardless, I go incredibly all in and try to get Odell. The, for me, the Bills, I just don't understand why. I know they took a running back somewhat early. I think it was in the second or third round this year, but it wasn't anyone spectacular. No. It wasn't the kid from – it wasn't uh, – what's his name from Michigan State. It wasn't the – the kid from Alabama, who I think were the top two running backs in this class. Uh, no, um, you're right about the two running backs there, but the one guy was uh, Brees Hall from Iowa State. That, right, Brees, that he was the big Okay, guy. but he wasn't, yeah. this guy wasn't any of those people. No, no, not at all. And we know Devin Singletary hasn't been great. We know Zach Moss hasn't been a big contributor. He's so young, but not a big contributor. They're just so one-dimensional. It would make more sense for me, in my opinion, to go out and get the running back than to go get an Odell for the Bills. I think that is a fair point because 
Allen maybe, is their running back. They need right. someone to take the Maybe, off you know, plate. Stephon Diggs had a great first year in Buffalo yeah, because no one knew that he'd be that good with Josh Allen, that Josh Allen would take that Do you remember when step. he left to Buffalo and Minnesota? People were like, what is Diggs doing? Like, Minnesota right. is a great spot. Kirk Cousins throws him the ball 30,000 times a game. <laughs> well, Allen's he gets the ball 40,000 times Allen's now better than Kirk Cousins has ever been in his life yeah. in just these two short years. And also... I think Diggs may have taken a step back this year because everyone knows the Buffalo offense is Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And you said he had a good start to the season. That's when Emmanuel Sanders was fresh, still playing Mm -hmm. great football. Gabe Davis, obviously, and they still had their tight end, who I'm blanking on right now, but he's uh, uh, he's so good and so underrated. He's got just such a stupid name, and I can't remember it right now. I don't think it's a stupid name. But it is a stupid name because I'm going to hate myself when I – when I finally hear it, I'm going to hate myself. But he's Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. I told you yeah. it was a stupid name. I kind of like that Dawson one. Knox, that's a total solid tight end. Not going to be top five, but he's going to catch you touchdowns in the red zone. And then Sanders kind of became old because he is old. He got one out. I mean, he's been around Knox for a Knox got time. hurt a lot yeah. last year, and it became the Diggs show. And there's no running back to lean on either to take it away from Stephon Diggs. So I could see your argument. Maybe it'd be better towards that running back room then a wide receiver, but then you also have to remember they have McKissick from Washington, so it's not exactly like that draft pick that they had this year is going to be taking on the heavy load. It'll probably be McKissick who gets the most of the carries for the Bills, so there is some improvement in that spot as well, but we talked about two teams in the Ravens and in the Eagles who made great drafts Mm -hmm. and could see dividends immediately from them. One team that everybody thinks had the best draft, but I think does not change at all their position in the well, division, is the New York Jets. It's so tough because I, I, I could say maybe go from fourth to third, but still, I think the all Dolphins three are of the so play- good. All like, through the well, playoffs. Let me ask you this who's two? Is it the Dolphins right now in your mind? Or the Patriots? Or is it the Patriots. I think it's the Dolphins now. So because the Patriots you get would be the Tyree team the Jets Kill, to chase. You get uh, Tyron Armstead to bolster up that O line. And you like Tua more than Wilson. Or oh, Tua, sure. Tua more than Jones, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, of course you like Tua more than Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that's that, obvious. So I have one of my best friends is a Jets fan. So sad for him. But I said to him throughout the draft, I was like, I can't believe how good of a job you guys are doing right now. And I said, I feel bad, though, because I don't think it matters because you have Zach Wilson at quarterback. <laughs> right, that's why you look at Jermaine Johnson trading back into the first round and getting who might be one of the best edge rushers in the draft this mm-hmm. year who fell for some One reason. of the biggest steals you could possibly make the argument for. You get Sauce Gardner, you know, you yeah. got some studs on the defensive side of the ball and you get Garrett Wilson on the offensive side of the ball to help Zach Wilson out in the passing game. It's really good first three picks used in really big positions of needs for the Jets, but you're right, like if, say... Mac Jones was the Jets quarterback, and they picked Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner, and Garrett Wilson. You oh, feel I, a lot better I'm, for them, I'm right? putting the Patriots above the, the, the Dolphins, possibly. Right, maybe. Like, at least you're thinking about it. But it's Zach Wilson that holds everything back. And until we see Zach Wilson show us that he's capable of being that starter in the NFL, that number one quarterback, I don't know if you can really trust any of the ancillary moves that the Jets are going to make. And... I guess the good news would be that if you don't know Hudson this year, maybe you give him one more year, and then you move on from him. All these guys you just drafted will be in their third or fourth year by the time the next quarterback comes in, and they'll probably be primed up and one of the best players at their position if they realize their potential. But 
you're getting closer to those contracts expiring, mm-hmm. if that's the case. And if Sauce Gardner and Jermaine Johnson and Garrett Wilson are close to the best players of their position, they're, they're gonna not going to want to stay in New York. A lot of money, and they're probably not going to want to stay in well, New York. Well, the thing is, though, the New York Jets are one of the few teams that could probably afford to pay them because but they they're don't a New York want based to team. Stay there once their five years are up and they are out of teams' control. I guarantee you, if the Jets aren't on the right trajectory, some of those guys will probably start looking elsewhere. Maybe start asking for a trade to get out of New York. So the Jets had seven draft picks. Same amount, same number as the Steelers. The difference is all seven of them came in the first four rounds. So, Tom, it's kind of possible you see all seven of these guys as contributing starters this year. For sure, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson. They're going to start. Brees Hall, maybe, because I'm blanking on the running back they have in New York right now. Well, they got uh, the, Michael Carter. They, they got, got the from, number, and that was last year's draft. Too, Michael so. Carter and Tevin Coleman. They have already. Coleman, but I forget about Coleman. He's old, but he's pretty. Old. Carter was last year's pick, and now with Brees Hall, they've got two really young running backs. And Hall is going to be the number one. He's the best running back in this draft class. Well, I don't know because we were sitting this time last year, a little bit before, saying if the Steelers punt on a running back in the first round between. ATN, Najee, and Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Michael Carter was the other guy alongside like Javante Williams yeah. at North Carolina saying he's really not that bad. He's really a really good option. Fourth round, fifth round kind of pick. So I think I think he was the second round last year, they, or maybe even they, third last year for Michael Carter. So that's a good one two punch to have with Brees and Michael Carter. They have Garrett Wilson, of course. I mean, I'm looking at that's so that's five guys or that's four guys your top four Fourth Sauce pick. Garner, Gart, Garrett four. Wilson, Jeremy Johnson, and Brees Hall. Apologize to me. Sorry, what? Michael Carter was, was taken was in the fourth, fourth round. round. Right, Apologize to me. I'm say I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tom. Thank you. Jeremy Rucker was their tight end selected. Max Mitchell, an offensive lineman, and then Michael Clemens, the defense. They're doing lineman. it perfectly. They're doing it perfectly, but they don't have confidence, or I don't have confidence in their quarterback to say. They're going to jump in front of New England. No, They're going to jump in front of Miami. It's impossible to jump in front of Buffalo right now. They're just a wagon. But they don't have the quarterback that gives you faith to say, man, the Jets really took that next step this year in this draft. Man, they took a huge leap here. And until we see Zach Wilson show signs of life, I'm not saying he has to come out next year and be a stud and beat the Dolphins twice and beat New England twice and finish with a 10-win season and sneak in as a wild card. But, you know... Maybe upset the Dolphins once. Maybe take the Bills to the mat when they're coming to New York to play mm-hmm. a game. Show signs of life. Be a real thorn. Win five or six games competitively. Right, I'm and still, then I'm you still, have potential moving forward. I'm stealing your your term here. What is it called? The be a thorn real, in the side. Yeah. Be a thorn in the side type of team. And be I a, think they can be. I think they have the pieces around them to be. It's just a matter of if that quarterback is going to be. The Jets used to all just have always kind of been a thorn in the side kind of team. It's just recently, recently. They've been a thorn on the side for two teams out of the year, right? They're going like perennially like two wins, three wins, four wins. It used to be they were a five-win, six-win team. They could really be a problem to multiple teams. Now it's just they're a problem to one team. Last year when Wilson got hurt and Mike White came in, there was a legitimate movement for two weeks in the NFL of Mike White being the starting quarterback for the Jets because he lit it up one game and won. And that's how bad Zach Wilson that's, had been. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, And that's tough for a rookie because – you start right away, and then you get hurt, and this nobody 
who is what was he like twenty seven years old at the time? Nobody comes in in your city, your city now is saying maybe it's Mike calling. White should be the starting quarterback. Maybe Mike White should be the starting quarterback. So he's already in a very tough situation playing in New York. And then just how it shook out last year as far as the quarterback position is concerned for them, I think just added more difficulty mm-hmm. towards his path of being a good starter. Mike White, uh, 27 years old, <laughs> fifth round draft pick. That's what I mean. Like that guy came in, and obviously you got your job back from him because right. it's not good. But you were the number two overall pick. There was more excitement for Mike White at a time last year than you. Absolutely, and you were the number two overall. Absolutely. Pick. And Mike White wasn't good. Like he had one good game, sucked, and then you got it, your job back because Mike White sucks so bad. So last year we had a lot of fun talking about quarterbacks in the draft because it was a, it was a big class, right, with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and obviously Zach Wilson. Do you remember? When it was, oh my, Chris Sims, right, of NBC Sports, yeah, said Zach Wilson was the number one quarterback coming out of this class. He still and does. I j- still hear him say that he's going to be the best one in the Come class. Come on, man. Just punt. I think Lawrence. Just admit will, you're wrong. I think Lawrence will end up being the best one in the class. Lawrence is one of the few people to be the number one college recruit coming out of high school and then follow that up with being the number one draft pick overall. Disappointing season last year, but I give that more of a wash than any rookie quarterback I've ever seen in history. Because, because of the head, of Meyer. The head yeah, coach. Exactly. Right. So I think Lawrence will end up being the best. But of those three teams we mentioned, the Eagles, the Ravens, and the Jets. The I Ravens think... have the best chance to be the division. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I was just going to say those are probably the three biggest winners of the draft. Of if the you draft? Had to boil it down to those three teams. Just because they made moves in positions that they absolutely needed to. Yeah. And. A lot of these guys, Davis for the Eagles, Hamilton and um, Linderbaum for the Ravens, and then all three of the first-round picks for the Jets, they're all going to make, and Brees Hall, their second-round pick, they're all going to make impacts ASAP. You know what I mean? It's not like one of them will start and then another one will be a, a depth piece. Like, So I think those three teams, to me at least, I, I kind of circle them as my podium, if you will, for the draft class. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. There are a couple of other teams out there who did well, Steelers, I think, are one of them. I think so, too. Yeah. I think a lot of people kind of shy away from it because of the quarterback. Because of the picket selection, yeah. Again, I have to keep saying the picket selection. You, you're picket showing pick. the picket pick. But I do I do think people sometimes will hold that against them. But if say you disregard that. Just look at their second, third, and fourth round picks alone. Yeah. Solid. solid. As solid as you can get in, in, the, in the mid to late round. Two rounds. wide receivers and a D tackle. I mean, Which is what you need. It's exactly what you needed. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. When we come back for our next episode, it is the wide receivers portion of our position power rankings for the offseason. So we'll give you our top 10 at that position group. So make sure you tune into that. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman, and we'll talk to you next time.